You are listening to Coffee with Curtis and I'm Robert Curtis. Welcome to the show. Coffee with Curtis is a weekly podcast where you will be able to tune into my conversations over coffee with business leaders sharing their journey and experiences to give you insights to impact your own business. So grab a coffee and enjoy the show. My guest on Coffee with Curtis this week is a master of video production. She tells it like it is and is an absolute authentic voice on social media. And she is 100% the inspiration for me personally to have produced my first video over a year and a half ago. It is a pleasure to have the co-founder of Two Heads, the company that makes video creation simple, Sivan Felder. Welcome, Sivan. Thank you. That was such a flattering intro. <laughs> I'm listening like, who is he talking about? But actually, I realize, yeah, it's, it's so long since we first like met. It's kind of it's kind of crazy how quickly you can build relationships with people like online. I mean, we did meet like in person a few times, but uh, it's cool that it's uh, it's been such a powerful thing. So thank you for having me on your show. Well, the intro is all authentic on my side because you have definitely been an inspiration to me and many, many others with all of your videos and content. And you are just the ultimate practitioner. So we're going to dive into some of that stuff today on the podcast. Although I have to say, I do feel a little bit sort of like nervous that we're actually on a podcast rather than this okay. video. I, I allow it as, as long as the podcast is filmed like with two people talking to each other. I can't do the like just the audio, like a phone call. I get very spacey. So this this works for me. Podcasts are good. I'm not against. I'm not against them. <laughs> Just a visual learner, so for me it wouldn't work. But uh, I have I have my my coworker Aliza. She listens to all the podcasts for me and tells me like, "Oh, you did a good job." I'm like, "Good." I, I didn't listen to the recording, so I have no idea. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you on the show, and I've got a few questions for you. But the warm up questions I need to start with are: You're on coffee with Curtis. What is your favorite coffee? Well, I actually, like, I finished my coffee this morning, but there's, like, a little bit left. I have an interesting fact about me is that I never finish a whole cup. I get made fun of a lot that I, like, have half cups everywhere. Um, but I very much am, uh, you know, cream, milk and sugar is, uh, I'm not a black coffee person. The sweeter, the better. I do it for, like, the caffeine rush, not, not because it tastes good. So, how, uh, how much how much milk through the day goes in? I find myself putting in more and more milk as the day goes on, just to sort of just yeah, I reheat coffee. coffee five times. Yes, definitely. Yeah, like a teaspoon of sugar, and I definitely not as much as Israelis put in with their like latte coffee. Look, I like it to be darker, uh, but definitely needs to have some sort of like milky situation going on. So, yeah, very good. Well, next question for you, and I hope that the answer is going to be that you always wanted to be on, you know, on the silver screen or in front of a camera. But when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, it definitely evolved in many different, um, to many different industries. Like I thought I wanted to be a journalist or a lawyer um, or Taylor Swift. That was actually my ultimate goal for, for a while. Um, but I definitely think that the underlying common theme is that I, I really like talking <laughs> and I like telling stories um, and I like um, inspiring people to like do things. So I think um, everything I wanted to be always had those elements of like, what can I do that will be a lot of talking with other people and a lot of sharing information and a lot of convincing people. Uh, so somehow I ended up in video marketing, but you know, law, law was an was a option for a while. 
yeah i guess it, i guess it makes sense when you when you know me yeah absolutely i okay, it's, it's that continuum but um let's let's dive in because i think the one big thing that i've got from you over the past sort of couple of years following you is that you are as i said at the beginning the ultimate practitioner you give out the best advice you not only sort of just you know talk the talk but you're literally walking the walk yourself and um let's just go straight into video is amazing but it's hard to do and even myself I'm, i consider myself a fairly confident person but i feel much more confident like now when we're on the podcast that when i'm having to do that video and i have to look right and if i said it slightly incorrectly but yet it can be the most impactful medium of them all just dive into your thoughts on this Okay, so it actually really has to do with this psychological phenomenon that I think once people at least understand what's going on, they can then, you know, you can choose to continue to feel that way or you could realize like, oh, this is like a psychological block. So when you get on camera, there are a few things that happen. Okay, first of all, you see yourself, right? When you watch the recording and this is like, oh, I hate how I look. Whether you're, you know, confident or not, it's um, your, your face is inverted when you look at yourself in the mirror. So you're used to seeing yourself in a certain way. And when you watch a video back, you're essentially watching a stranger because you're not used to seeing yourself um, look that way. So the first thing you feel is, is like very visceral, like, oh my God, is that what I look like? Um, and then you hear your voice. And when you talk normally, your ear um, processes what your voice sounds like. I think it's like a half a decibel lower, not nothing crazy, but when you hear what you sound like on camera, you're like, I sound like a chipmunk. Like every time I listen to myself, I'm like, I'm a mouse. Like it's, this is terrible. Because again, it's what you're used to hearing. So the first block that people always find is like, oh my gosh, I sound and look awful, right? So that, that's number one. So just understanding like from a psychological perspective, your brain is not used to seeing that. Um, and the cure for that is to film and record yourself a million times and watch it. We have this joke in the office. I used to, whenever somebody would edit the videos that I was in, I'd be like, oh my gosh, turn her off. She's so annoying, right? Like it was like a different, a different person who you have to like really separate who you are and what you see yourself as with who's on camera. So like, you really have to see it as two separate personas. And then there's the actual filming part where when you're looking at the lens of a camera, you're essentially staring into a black void. Um, and it doesn't trigger any sort of like positive feedback, right? When you give a presentation or you're even having a podcast and you're talking to somebody, there's that feedback loop of like, oh, they made eye contact, they smiled, you're nodding, like, I know that you're hearing me and it makes sense. When you're just talking to a lens, you're like, oh my God, you go into the like dark hole of the abyss of like, am I making, is this even English? Like you get very forced into your own thoughts and then you're like, oh my gosh. This is, uh, 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 um, so it triggers a completely different part of your brain. So really part of the solution is to learn how to turn on the entertainer part of your brain that's giving over the information um, without getting trapped in the like deer in headlights feeling. So when you, when you approach it from like, okay, this is just a psychological phenomenon and it's just a matter of learning how to get over those two things, it becomes a lot less complicated because it's really, you're just afraid. That's, that's it. So once you, once you learn how to get over that, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's, uh... that's, that's, you know. I completely resonate with all of that. And I think the, the hardest part, you know, just again, speaking personally is even once I get over all of that, there is still a blockage that I'm not producing enough videos and I know they work. And I know there is this, this, as I say, blockage in that process that you guys help unlock and you make it so simple. What are those top tips that you sort of instill in people to make that 
leap to say, I know how to do it, even though I've got all these issues behind it, I'm going to do it. What are your top tips? Well, we named our entire YouTube channel Just Press Record um, because I think um, I think people's biggest obstacle is getting started. And it always, and even when you create one or you create two, and even now when I'm doing that, I'm like, ah, do we really need to do another one? Like there's always that feeling of as soon as you have to put effort into something, right? If you don't feel like it's simple and easy to do, you're not going to do it. A little secret hack I've learned, I have, I have ADHD and it's really hard for me to get started. And I found that for me, if the process was not stupid, simple, like open, close, record, done, it would never get done. So I had to create for myself. This is a secret nobody knows. Our entire company is based off of the fact that I cannot do things that are not easy or simple. Um, and so I, we really had to create a system that was manageable. Uh, otherwise, I would get really overwhelmed and it would never happen. And because I was really the one who was on camera all the time, I had to figure out, okay, what are these blocks and how can I accomplish them? And now when we work with marketing teams, I'm like, I know your blocks. I know how to solve them because I've been doing this for two years. And if I can do it and I have the attention span of a fruit fly, you're going to be fine. Um, so my biggest tip would first of all to be to come up with a system that works for you. So you're saying I'm not making enough videos. That's already the wrong mindset to have because that's just going to stress you out. And then every time you sit down to make a video, like, ah, but if I create this one, that means I don't have to create another one. And you like create this whole plan that you're never going to achieve. And you're just, you're going to lose the motivation. So step one is to pretend like you have ADD and figure out what is the easiest way for you to create your videos. So for me, it was as soon as I stopped using my camera, it became so much easier because I was over, it was too much work to set it up and the batteries would die in transferring the footage. Um, so I got a, an iPhone and I learned how to make it look okay. You know, not the same as a DSLR, but fine. Um, and then it was like, I turned it on, I recorded and then I airdropped it to my computer. And just those two steps, you know, saving a few minutes, it made it like, and then I started telling everyone like, film with your phone, like, hello, it's so much easier, you know? Um, I think having a system for like, really having a plan for what kinds of videos you're gonna create. So you create one type for a long time and then you, you build a system from that, right? So we did talking heads for a really long time cause like that was the easiest thing to create. Um, and people were, were resonating with it. And now, you know, things have shifted and people are getting fatigued from that kind of, okay, great. So now we have to transition to a new type of video. What's the easiest thing that we can start with going live and then repurposing that live later on. So that's what we started. So there's no like secret of like, what's the best thing? It's like, what can you do right now? That's going to make you feel like you've gotten started and then be motivated to continue. And th that's the whole secret is what do you want to do? So I would turn the question back on you and okay, you're not creating enough videos, but what is one thing you feel like you can commit to that would be super simple for you to do? I think the production part, I actually am quite good at in terms of like knowing the process of doing it. I think it's again about content. What do people want to hear? What do they want to hear Rob talk about? And, um, you know, and again, you're bearing your soul just that little bit more when you're on the camera. Um, and uh, it's, 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 it's enjoyable when you do it, by the way. Once you've got it and you're in a rhythm and you've got it out there, you actually start to really enjoy it and you see the impact. Um, yeah. So I, th I, th I think content planning without being crazy planner, because I'm not, I'm more probably on your scale that I've got this idea, I want to do it, I want to do it now, let's get that video out. Um, but some people love to be, you know, I do this video on this day and this video on this day, and that's fine. Yeah, and good, but... Right, exactly, that never works for me. <laughs> I mean, again, the more the more people are on a team, the more people are involved, obviously you have to have systems that everyone can follow. But let's just say even now you're recording this podcast as a Zoom, you're gonna have the video 
cut a one minute clip, literally do not waste any time. Do not overanalyze. Take one minute that you felt really reflected what this episode was about and post it online. No bells and whistles, no extra editing, just one minute and just start there. And then you'll get rid of that last, that pressure of like, oh, I have to create more because you'll be starting to create and it will be a lot easier for you to optimize on that. And then maybe you'll feel motivated to add subtitles or some text or a graphic, but just start with the like basic or even just upload the whole thing online. So who cares if nobody watches it? You just have to start. Yeah, you just have to you start. You already uh, pressed record, like you might as well. You have, you have so much content now. Question for you though, how good did you feel about yourself if it was you when you thought of that amazing slogan, just press record? I guess for sure not the person who invented that slogan, but just kept, I, people kept asking me, what should I do? And I'm like, just press record. Like just turn on your phone and just press record. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's like our whole motto is like, just stop overthinking it and just do it. Um, and it's funny because I think I'm not, I don't say things that you can't find other places. I haven't like invented some new, I mean, I, I've, we've created systems and things for sure. And like very unique ways to, to do stuff, but nothing that we say is earth shattering. I think we just give people the feeling that like, it's actually accomplishable. Um, and look, I am the only trained video person uh, on our team. Like I trained everybody else to be able to film and edit their own videos, which I think is like really cool with no video background. So it's, it's definitely doable. And both of my teammates have incredible stage fright. So I just have to say, I feel very, very good that I've gotten to the point where they're just like, whatever, I'll film myself. It doesn't even matter. I'm like, yeah. But it's taken a year for both of them to, to feel that way. So it's not it's not natural for everybody, but who cares? So what if it's not natural for you? Amazing. I've, anyway. I've been following Elisa and I think her journey is just like incredible. I love where it she's really, It's so cool to see. It really is. And I feel so like proud to like be able to to watch that in somebody else. Cause I think for me it's always been natural to speak. I get nervous, but I think it's always been natural. But to see somebody really have to overcome something and be so incredible at it, but be really like, have it really be an obstacle was was really amazing to see how you really can. If you just keep pressing record at some point, you will feel more comfortable. And now she like, she gives talks, she gives webinars, like she's not stressed about it anymore. You just gotta, you gotta start. Amazing. Now, I feel with you, you're one of the people that I like following and taking this advice from because I feel that we're getting the real Sivan. I feel like you are 100% authentic on this particular topic. Obviously people have many layers and many parts of their personality and life, but in terms, of, in terms of business and the impact you're making, I feel like you're you. And, and making that authentic jump can be really hard because people think, oh no, I have to be like this to impart this knowledge that I want the world to know. Um, even going so far as you're, Instagram is just, again, inspirational. You're being real. You're saying, I can't do it today or amazing day or whatever it might be. How do you bring your authentic self to, to all of this? You no, know, I think um, it's nice to hear it reflected back that way because very often I feel like I'm just bleeding all over the sidewalk and like embarrassing because people are watching. Um, and something you said about when you put yourself out there and you make yourself vulnerable. Uh, I think it's one of the most awkward and painful experiences that I have ever experienced. I don't know any other way to function. I am not somebody who knows how to lie. Uh, my friends have a joke that like, I'm terrible at answering text messages, but like, I will be the most brutally honest, like non-judgmental, open to anything. Cause I really, it's like all good if that's you, awesome. 
Um, but it's it's not always so simple. I think sometimes I also have to filter more and I realize that like people do look up to me and I can't just like bleed all over the sidewalk. I, I do have to maintain a level of professionalism and decorum. And I, I think it's a balance. So it's, it's nice to hear from somebody else who feels um, motivated by that vulnerability. I know that not everyone on my team is always so like, they're like, maybe you should just, you know, keep some of it to yourself. Um, <laughs> but I, I am, I think one of the, the reasons that I can do this is because when people meet me in real life, they're like, Oh, you are exactly the same. <laughs> There's no, it's not like work Sivan and home Sivan. And again, that, that comes with issues too, but, um, I don't know any other way of being. And so part of what I try to do is understand, um, like, what I can say to other people to make them feel comfortable to reveal themselves that that you can't teach anybody how to be their authentic self I think you can just be yourself and give people the space to figure out what theirs is um, but that's why I really encourage people to not worry about that when they're starting because your authentic self is going to change like my authentic self wore a wig for you know the first few years of me filming and and now I don't you know I got divorced in the process my whole life has changed um so I've changed. Does that make it not authentic what I was before? No, it just means that I'm a human and I've evolved. Um, so I think people put too much pressure on themselves to just be themselves. On, like, you're not going to be yourself on camera. Of course, it's going to be fake. Of course, you're going to feel weird. Like, that would be weird if it didn't. You'd be a psychopath if you didn't think about those things. Um, but I think the more you get positive feedback from other people that they resonate with what you're doing, it will make you feel more confident to reveal yourself. So that's that's. A, or you could just be overly awkward oversharing like I do, which is also an option, but. It's very, maybe, maybe. it's very reassuring to hear that you consider yourself a human. Yeah, yeah, like the awkwardest human. <laughs> like a human who needs to like nap three times a day because they just get exhausted by life. Like definitely a human. I think if we all admit we're all having those little naps, especially during Corona. Life-changing, like who knew catnaps could be so life-changing? Like now I don't even feel that, I'm like, I'm sorry, between one and two, I can't talk to you, it's my cat nap time. <laughs> but, uh, I did a podcast, but usually this is my nap time, so. I'm so but sorry. I apologize if I space that in my pocket. <laughs> now, for those of us that have produced those first, I don't know, 10, 20 videos, and we're becoming you know, more authentic, and we're pumping these out, and we're enjoying it, and we've got over the stage fright, Talk to me about the impact of other things that help you in that video journey. So I know, for example, that you're a big proponent of making sure the subtitles are on there. What's the theory behind that? What's the data? So 85% of videos on social media are watched without sound. Whoa. So when you think about it in that context, if you post a video with no subtitles, 85% of the people who see it won't watch it. So when I see, when I, like, I, I'm a big proponent of just getting started. So if you can't do subtitles right now, cause it's too much, you should post without subtitles, right? Cause there's the, there's the mountain that you have to conquer, like take one thing at a time. So if your thing is getting over your fear of being on camera, just post, don't worry about the subtitles. But if you actually want people to watch it, <laughs> there are some elements of, um, it's like, just think of it as packaging content, right? It's like, if you wrote a blog post, but you didn't have any SEO, how are people going to find it? Or how are people going to engage with it? Um, so thinking about video as not just, well, what do I want to say to my audience? But like, how does my audience want to hear it from me uh, is, is very important. And I think in marketing, that's something we think about a lot. Like, how are we packaging this information? And the same way when you write, like, just think about it in terms of writing, right? All the words are the same, but when I write a Facebook post, it's going to sound really different than when I write an email. That's going to look really different than a blog post. 
um, which will sound ultimately incredibly different than me and you talking like, and you read the transcript and you're like, this was really incoherent, you know, but it made sense when we were talking. Um, so I think video is the same thing. It, it needs to be repackaged based off of where it's going. And if it's going on social media, it needs to have subtitles because the way that we as an audience consume content on that, on those platforms is without sound for whatever reason. Um, so again, like keeping that in mind, also our eyes are tracking text like on, uh, on Facebook and LinkedIn. Yes, images are great, but the first thing you'll do is read a post to give you the context. So when you have subtitles and the first few seconds are whatever you're saying and I see the words, it actually gives a lot of context to the video that would take a lot of time to explain if I had to watch the whole thing. So it's like you can get an instantaneous jolt of information that helps your brain process what's going on without needing to do too much work. Um, and ultimately, I, I just talked about this on a podcast I did this morning, how people are lazy and their brains don't want to work. And the less work I have to do to watch your video, the more likely I will be to participate. So subtitles makes it super easy for me to watch because I don't have to click anything. It just auto plays with the subtitles. Um, again, being super lazy <laughs> has really helped me understand humanity. I'm like, oh, I don't I don't like watch videos without subtitles. Like, why would I expect them? And then I did the research and I was like, oh, nobody watches them. But OK, it's not just me. So yeah, so subtitles are, are huge. So small and so important. But that's that's mind-blowing to me. That figure is absolutely mind-blowing because we've all put the effort in. We've recorded it 50 times and deleted it 49 times. And we've got our voice pitch perfect and we sound about adequate to ourselves and we put it out there and we want everyone to listen to it. But actually they're only seeing me go but without any sound and just those subtitles. I mean, what does that say for the future of video or audio, or social media? I mean, that's such a weird combination. Oh, I, I think it's, it's so, this is incredible because um, I'm assuming you're not on TikTok, but I am for work purposes, of course, just to study <laughs> the trend. Well, one of the things that TikTok has done um, with the next generation is bring audio back into it again. It's, it's, it's very complicated. I'm not even gonna bother to explain the platform to you. Suffice it to say that because of TikTok, audio will make a return mm. um, and that it can be used just as creatively combined with video. It's very cool. Like people can use a sound and then mimic the person that's saying it and make it their own. It's, it's super, it's very intriguing to watch. Um, but on LinkedIn, let's say for example, which is a professional platform, um, and again, it's still very new to video and they still haven't really optimized their platform for video and there's no analytics that you really get. Um, but assuming that you're, you're posting it there, I as a consumer am used to just scrolling. Like I'm not there to consume audio content. It's a very visual platform. Uh, so I don't, I don't really want to invest in that kind of thing. Uh, whereas when I'm choosing a podcast, I'm specifically going to look for audio content. So again, just keeping in mind, each platform has its own rules. Like if you make a Facebook ad, right? As important as the, as the audio is, you can assume that most people aren't going to get to the point where they're listening to the audio. So you have to make the visual stand out. Um, so it, audio, it will make a comeback, but it's going to be a while. So I focus, focus on the subtitles until then. <laughs> I, th I think what's really interesting, I do this myself. I can't remember the exact stat, but the amount of people that are pressing speed up on podcasts or YouTube videos. I do that all the time. Oh yeah. On time you watch time a regular pit, like it's so slow and boring and yeah. Yeah, right, so that's you really, speak like so this, really fast and speak over each other and go really fast and I can't hear you. And da -da 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 -da. The, because of the nature of us like always 
you know, moving, 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 we want things that will keep up to the fast pace. So it makes sense that we wouldn't stop and listen. Kind of sad, a sad commentary on our generation, but <laughs> moving on from that. <laughs> now, final question for you. You are a co-founder of a company with your brother. I know that your mother also works in the company. I've met all of them, an incredible family. I love you all. And what does that bring to the dynamic of business? Because to be honest, I can't really imagine working with any of my family. Okay, so let me just preface it by saying that besides for this sibling that I work with, no one else in my family and I could work together. Like that's just, I don't think that this is a hard and fast rule, like work with family. In fact, I think it's a terrible idea to work with family. I'll just say um, that I'm incredibly fortunate because it happens to be that my younger brother is also my best friend and he's also much smarter than I am. And he's also willing to do a lot of the things that I can't do. Um, I think that we create an incredible partnership because uh, we've known each other our entire lives and we have this um, understanding of each other and this feeling of safety to fail uh, together. Uh, I think when you are starting out as an entrepreneur, if you can have somebody in your corner who's like, I 100% am in this for the long run and I will never betray you and we will figure this out together, kind of like a business marriage in a sense. Um, it's been the most terrifying but rewarding experience I have ever uh, gone through. And I, I really feel like every day I think, wow, like this is somebody who pushes me to be better at what I do and be better who I am. Um, and it, he happens to be my brother. Um, so I think that that kind of got lucky, but it could, it could have also been a total disaster and, you know, people change and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I do think that there is a value in feeling incredibly safe to try things with somebody who, you know, has always got your back. So that would be my, uh, not that my other siblings aren't awesome and wouldn't have my back. I just think we'd end up killing each other. Like Brock and I can fight, like have knocked down drag out fights. And then five minutes later, like we move on. So we have the same like aggressive whatever, and then it's over. I think if somebody was very um, like uh, got stuck in it or felt like held on to like a lot of feelings, like it wouldn't work. Like we just, we fight and then we move on. So we happen to be very similar in that way. So I think that works too. Um, but yeah, working with families is interesting, interesting dynamic. Very good. Well, look, Sivan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. thank you so much for having me. Your amazing advice, your um, inspiration and thought leadership to us all. For those of you who are stupidly not following you on all of the social media channels. They I actually met somebody the other day and I was like, you don't know me? I was like, this is so refreshing. Like I have no standard to keep up to. Like, this, like I've never heard of you. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so well, awkward and I go like, you know. For those people yes. in, don't have to. Uh, in outer Mongolia who happen to be listening to Coffee with Curtis, go and follow no, Sivan. No. Follow two heads. They're really inspirational. They do amazing work and you'll get incredible value from them just by following them, let alone working with them. So Savannah, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button so you can get weekly updates on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed your coffee.